You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takar Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote singles growth, and support couples strengthening. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your emails, DMs, and live questions. So join us every week on Facebook Live, Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, where you can connect with us on air. Send us your questions through Facebook Messenger or visit us at askthemartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. listening from iTunes right now I implore you to pause go rate us and then come on back and hit play and let the world know who Kenyon and Takara is and how awesome we are so we can spread this message of healing and wholeness throughout the nations all right absolutely now what we're talking about today is part two of being in love with a narcissist narcissism (laughs) is a huge topic in the interwebs and there's a lot of information interwebs good god <laughs> there's a lot of information going on out and about around there and a lot of the emails that we get a uh-huh. lot of the dms that we get have people introducing us to their mate as a narcissist as the problem and while i understand that because they're they're really trying to figure out what that is or what that person's problem is many of us don't know what a narcissist is and so that's why we took the time or we're taking the time to go through this and straighten out anything or giving you any additional information um that we can now we only got to 815 to do this so i really do want let's yeah let's go ahead let's go ahead jump on in Sorry, you go. Now, last week we gave the nine characteristics, right, of what a narcissist is. And five of those characteristics are what uh, a licensed counselor used. It only takes five of those nine yes. to be diagnosed as a narcissist or not with a narcissistic personality uh, disorder. What we've what we found out last week was that um even if they don't have that five mm-hmm. any lower than that, if you have four or three or whatever, you may not have narcissistic personality personality disorder as prescribed by the DS um, the 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 DSM five. Um, there you go by the DSM five. But you can be, or a person can be, narcissistic. Right. Okay. And uh, we talked about the dark triad, which is three of those traits that could be really, that could be so dangerous that it leads a person into areas of uh, sociopath and psychopathology. Um, And then we left last week with five questions that I was supposed to answer last week. Now we answered one, what is personal, a narcissistic personality disorder? We went through that. Um, and I want to go ahead and hurry up and answer these next four questions. Forgive me if I'm too fast. Uh, if you missed the information from last week, please jump into it because that's where these answers are really yes. being derived from. Yeah. Le- okay? and, and just so we're clear, last week's podcast, we did go ahead and sneak it on in there today. So if you are um, on SoundCloud or if you're on iTunes, if you love the phone that Jesus loves on iPhone, you can go ahead and go to your Apple iTunes store and go to the podcast store, sorry, and then go ahead and subscribe to our podcast and hear last week's there and it's up today. Absolutely. Now, and also on SoundCloud for those of you who are not on iPhone. Um, So let's answer these questions real quick. Is narcissism a behavior? Well, absolutely. It's how they behave. It's what they're doing to other people and they're doing for themselves. Is narcissism emotional? 
absolutely there there the 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 uh, drive to do those things is from an emotional center it's from an emotional place um our behavior uh, uh serves us and for a narcissist their behavior serves them uh serves their emotions very yes. well they want to feel like all those different things we talked about last week, they want to feel like the one. And so it's important for them to feel, to be emotionally attached to their importance. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, is narcissism uh, biological? Now, here's where we're going to take a pause here. I'm going to slow up here, babe, but we're going to get into the other stuff. Okay. You, yes. you with me? I'm with you. Okay. So is narcissism biological? The reason why I'm slowing up here is because we, Takara and I are used to dealing with a lot of nurturers, a lot, a lot of people who pour into someone else to such an extent that they make that other person their purpose right mm -hmm. their soul uh, focus and purpose and what ends up happening is is that while that nurturer is on the verge of saying i can't handle this abuse anymore their their drive their internal nurturing mechanism or their gift is still seeking an excuse to stay okay so what you're saying is those of us who are nurturers mm -hmm. those of us who um honestly find joy and a sense of purpose and nurturing others we find ourselves with our mates our significant other our spouses sometimes nurturing them from something that we cannot control something that we believe that be, that we can love them through we find ourselves trying to love and pray and move them through with our nurturing and only to realize that there's no sorry never realizing that there's really nothing that we can do but part of our drive is staying in that relationship because if it's worked for the average person, if we've been able to love others through, if we've been able to will others through hard times, why can't it work for somebody that I love, that I desperately need to be what I need them to be? And then they end up staying in cycles and sometimes getting into worse situations with these people because you don't recognize the fact that you are trying to nurture something that you cannot. Absolutely. So when we answer this question, this question, answering this question sometimes comes off as a that's the reason. And that's that's not what this is. We're showing you um, how narcissism is uh, is um, effective inside and out as a matter of fact it's the foundation of a lot of what we do yeah. with all of our um with our clients or whatever the case may be how you how your behavior affects you inside and out so for the biological biology for a narcissist yes it affects them uh internally it does affect them biologically and what that means is is that as we become adept at doing things over and over again, uh, practicing things, habitual, our neurological pathways and our biochemistry supports that to such a point that we will continue to do whatever is easy to us. And so as, as a narcissist, they've if all they've done was become or be a narcissist and all they've, all they've done is have this mentality and thought drive, then they will um be more comfortable yeah. internally and externally um, expressing that. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And can we just pause for a second? Yes, um, we can. Because one of the things that happens, and I see a lot of young ladies in here saying, listen, this was my ex. I'm still tied to them. I'm still bonded to them and all of this. And I just want to caution you. One of the things that we 
um, talk to the young ladies in our group about. We have a private group for our book, The Soul Ties Detox. Right. In that group, what we do is that, yes, we are spending time identifying a key characteristics and a lot of the people that we may have been with and perhaps ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands or whatever. These are key things that are present in them. And what it does is that it gives a title and it gives a name to what it is that they have. And then what ends up happening Mm -hmm. is that we turn our constant search and quest for answers into a whole nother purpose in our lives by finding everything we can about this name, about this title, about the behavior. And what we don't realize what we're doing is we're searching for answers constantly, even though the answer is there. They're a narcissist or they have narcissistic personality or traits. Even though we find the answer here, we then begin to go down a rabbit hole of trying to find answers then to how do they change? How did they get out? How do I get here? How do I get out? And all that. And then doing every type of research you can about a narcissist also then becomes a sense of your habit and your addiction to them as well. Uh, It keeps you connected to them. It keeps you connected to them. Right. And so I want to encourage you that if you know right now that you are dealing with somebody who is a narcissist or who has narcissistic characteristics, say that five times fast, (laughs) then, okay, now that you know that, our goal is to now usher you into the what now part of that. And so, yes, we're going to call out things. We're going to give some validation tonight on some things that you've dealt with. But after that, we want you to actually begin to think about what it is that you're doing to move past this so this does not become a focus and then keeps you more bound and more depressed and more connected to a toxic person. All right. right. Cause we can eat off of talking about it so much. Yeah. We just feed off of that and that emotional feed. I knew this was that. Yes. I knew that was him. Yes. That's him. And that anger and that emotional feeding keeps you bound to them, even if it's in a negative, uh, in a negative way. Okay. Last question. Uh, uh, we will answer is narcissism a disease? Um, many counselors and psychiatrists or psych, psych a lot, um, Psychologists, mm-hmm. um, they they differ on that. Uh, Takara and I err on the side of no. Here's the reason why: because most people don't understand what disease is. We understand what disease is, but in layman's terms, and you could quote us on, on this. Uh, in, in a layman type way of what disease is something that happens to you that's how most people see it it's not what it is but that's how most people see it and if people are seeing disease as this is something that's happened to you and not you then that will be wrong so we say no when dealing with narcissism this is they're not um it, it is not a disease Amen. okay does that make sense yes okay and um just last but not least i added a last mm-hmm. question on there really 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 really, really quick Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason why is because a lot of people always ask, well, what causes it? Mm-hmm. How do these people end up like this? What, what jacked their head up so bad that they end up treating me so bad? Okay. So here's the thing. There are a, a couple things that deal with it. First of all, is parenting. If you're parented by a narcissist or in a certain type of environment, you can grow up a narcissist and that will make you more apt to uh, practice narcissism and being just a jerk. Uh, then the, la- the next thing is just our culture. We have a celebrity brand focused culture. Everybody is branding. Everybody is doing this. Everybody is doing that. Um, thing like so things like social media is a part of our yes. daily life. We are in a new paradigm. This is a 21st century paradigm where things like this is part of our daily life. So uh, the 
um, instant gratification of being liked, of being touched, of being interacted with, of being approved and supported, that can create a narcissistic mentality. And I will tell you this, all of us have been touched by that yeah. because we interact in that atmosphere and it's up to you to be accountable to yourself if you're a little bit too into that. However, um, that's, that's a place where it can be grown and groomed as well. Um, as, 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 um, additionally with entitlement and affluenza with, with mm -hmm. uh, money and how easy it is to get credit so we can look the part, fake it till you make it, those type things, those create pods of narcissism. You'll find them a lot in, um, many different, uh, uh organizations. Go ahead, babe. Um, can I just also, because you said narcissistic parents, but also the parents who are overly doting mama's boys daddy's girls these types of people also end up being narcissists because they're never taught they're poured into a sense of self-esteem and self-pride but they're never taught it with a with humility with boundaries with nose and things like that and so that can also feed into a person turning into narcissists but i've also seen it We've also seen it on the other end of the spectrum where you have somebody who was so beat down by parents growing up, who was so neglected by mm. parents growing up that they began to then grow up and almost reinvent themselves and in their mind mentally create themselves to be who they always wanted yes. to be, who they always wanted people to see them as. And that turns into it, too. And so there are so many different things. We are not psychiatrists. We are not doctors in this. But unfortunately, we've seen a lot of it. Um, and so it's one of those things that regardless of where it came from, once you identify certain things, especially in dating, once you begin to see certain things in their environment and their surroundings and their behavior, we're here to help you be able to point this stuff out early on so you do not fall prey like so many of us have to these types of personalities. Absolutely. So now we've now that we've answered those questions, Takara, we can really move on. We only have so much time. So let's talk about recognizing narcissism in your relationship from beginning to hell. Oh, Lord. So we're going to start. <laughs> the alpha and the hell. <laughs> we're going to start with this. So here's where we get in. I see Taisha asked, can you say some of the signs again? Well, we won't go back over through the nine characteristics that uh, psychiatry or um, psychiatrists or counselors use to diagnose. But what we will do is we'll talk to you about the signs that you can see or that you should see or about some um, experiences that many of you may have had. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. if we do say something that you are familiar with go ahead and put up that hand like this if you don't mind <laughs> and, and the reason why we do that is because first of all this is a safe environment all of us are here together there is yeah. no judging um and and we want to see other people who have dealt with this it's great to know that we aren't alone because narcissists can make you feel like you by yourself and crazy yes, so are you Lord. ready to go through this bag i'm ready let's do this all right so at the very beginning of the relationship with the narcissist you really don't see it coming uh, they're very romantic they're extremely charming and uh, they do what we call love bombing now love bombing will come in every now and then in order to get things right if they feel like you're about to run away but earlier on they lavish you so much and so heavy with their attention and affection and all of this kind of stuff mm -hmm. is overwhelming but it feels really 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 good 
Right? Yes, ma'am. Here's what we like to call the pimp out phase. This is where they pimp you out. I'm going to say it like that. that. Is that what we like to call it? Yeah, that's what we like to call it. Um, As of right now. I mean, we... (laughs) I'm kidding. We did before, too. You're going to make me choke. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. We like to call it the pimping you out phase because if y'all ever notice what happens in those (laughs) movies... I ain't never had no pimps. I can only go by what I seen in the Mac and, you know, all the different movies, Hustle and Flow. They bring you in and they treat you as if you are diamonds and pearls. Um, They wine you. They dine you. They make you feel like there is no other before you. There will be no other like you. Everything about you is just the best thing since sliced bread. They buy you nice things. They do all of the stuff for you. Compliments. They make you feel good. All of that. And then one day, slowly and gradually, you begin to feel like, okay, something's changing. And what you think is the relationship's just going through a rough patch. Things are changing. Um, so maybe I need to cut my hair. Maybe I need to dress up a little bit more. Maybe I need to go buy that what I just saw at Victoria's Secret. And you're like, what do I need to do? Because he's no longer who he started out to be. And then before we know it, we are literally in bed with a stranger. But not just somebody we don't know. It's a completely different opposite person that we even were encountered with. So what do we do? We begin to work, 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 prostitute our emotions out, prostitute ourselves out to his will in order to make them feel like we can get back to what we originally had. And that's why I call it the pimping you out phase. Baby, baby, baby. You got to believe in me, baby. You got to. I believe in you. (laughs) I do believe in you. We go to the top, baby. (laughs) I want to be your mother, your father, your dog. Your puppy. Your puppy, whatever. <laughs> and, and and that's another part of it. Um, to be honest, you hit that nail on the head because a part of that loving phase, a part of that romantic phase, yes. a part of that, that wanting to be with you phase is the slow isolation of you from family, from friends, yes. and from the things that you typically love to do. And it starts out romantic, don't it? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, my God, they just want to spend all their time with me. Yes, they love me so much. Absolutely. And then before you realize that you can't spend time with nobody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what happens is, is that during this period of time, it feels good. So it's hard to identify that these people are are doing this to us. You don't learn to identify it until you start chasing it. Mm-hmm. You're looking for them to become who they were. So we move into the phase where you're paying rent for them to be in your head. Mm. What that means is, is that you're paying all the attention. You're paying all the emotion. You're paying all the respect. You're paying all the faithfulness. You're pr- paying through proving to them that you're there for them while they're getting further and further away from you in distance and in emotion. Yes. But they, they actually... Um, this is a tactic where they actually bore a hole into your head and stay there because mm. now they are your sole and only focus. So they utilize loyalty and faithfulness and love and desire and all those different type things as leverage to continue to move and manipulate and guide you into where they want you to be. Yes. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So with that, with that, those are those are the two phases and you'll usually see it or feel it or have experienced it later on. They never become who they were at the very beginning. Never again. Okay. So then we get into the signs. Now these signs happen whether you're married or whether you're dating. 
And uh, I think we'll we'll divide those up a little bit later. But the first sign, huh? Oh, the Jekyll and Hyde mentality. Here's what happens. I'm looking at some of these comments. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, respond. Taisha, respond. Taisha said, I didn't want to spend time with anyone else because he made me feel safe. Mm-hmm. Daenerys said, you got me looking in the mirror different, thinking I'm flawed because you're inconsistent. Is that a lyric? Like, I feel like that should be a lyric somewhere. I don't know, but it just sounded good. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde (laughs) or Ms. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. or Ms. Hyde. What that means is, is that in public, they are the uh, they they are the star. They are spotless. They are the most charming person in the world. They are. Everybody looks at them and looks to them as the be all and end all but in private behind closed doors they are a monster they're um verbally emotionally and sometimes physically abusive yes ma'am okay and so you just hit on something though and i want to pull that out a little bit because you said to everyone on the outside they are everything and they're the bomb.com when you get behind closed doors you are living with a monster the problem also becomes, though, is that because we've spent so much time trying to placate and and create, recreate what we once had in the beginning of that relationship, mm-hmm. we also do everything on the outside to make them look like they are all wow. that and the end all and be all, too. Yes. And so what gives them the freedom, what gives them the permission to be the monster behind closed doors is because mm. you have now created an environment that lets them know that you're not going to do anything else but make them look good on the outside. And when you don't, there will be hell to pay. But we sometimes create our own prisons by what social media, by doing things to make this relationship seem like something it is not. And it gives them fuel to be that monster behind closed doors, too. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's good. That's good. Let's talk about the next thing. Um, They take everything personally. Mm. everything they take personally. And what I mean by that is that whenever something happened, whenever something's wrong, whenever something goes downhill, it's usually somebody doing something to them. It could be the vehicle breaking down. It could be something um, laid amiss at home. It could be something not going right at work. Whatever the case may be, it feels like somebody is doing something to them. They are constantly and consistently, mm. the, as, as a matter of fact, they're most consistently the victim of their life or their experiences. And they include everyone up to and including God. They will blame for th- what's going on on in their life that's bad Mm -hmm. that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay anything on that no no keep going okay let's talk about this they demand loyalty they demand (laughs) loyalty now narcissists and we're we're hopping around here because this is a lot of information narcissists have a twisted uh definition for loyalty Uh uh-huh it's not faithfulness Mm -hmm. it's not being there when they when they need you it's agreeing with them all the time the moment you disagree with them you're against them you're on somebody else's team you're fighting against them Mm -hmm. how can they trust you yes ma'am why you always gotta be right why can't you just be on my team amen why you always gotta have something to say why can't this be about me right absolutely so you know absolutely that's it that's it let's talk about gaslighting real quick i wanted to hurry up and get to this because this is really very very important Gaslighting, uh, if you've ever heard of it or if you've never heard of it, it comes from a movie called Gaslight. It's a 1940s movie where what happened was a young lady was rescued or whatever the case may be, 
somebody died in her family. She's living in this house mm-hmm. and different things. She's observing different little things going on. Not big, not terribly crazy, but little things going on. But the, her caretaker or the person who's taking care of her is telling her that all that is in her head. And it's a sly plot to make her believe that she's going crazy. So her her observation, her skillful observation, her 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 real observations are being called make believe. And so it slowly and surely drives her crazy. Well, yes. that's where they get gaslighting from. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, is that when you talk to that person about them or something they did or trying to pull them to accountability or whatever the case may be, well, no, 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 you're just misunderstanding or you're too sensitive or that's not how that was or, you know, that's not what I was doing. Have you ever, have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah. And, and for me, and I think for a lot of people, what makes it, and I know we'll talk about it later too Uh with the covert but with this what i definitely noticed from a gaslighting perspective is that it also camouflages as passive aggression because what can happen when it's just not outright looking at you know some some gray clouds and calling them purple it's also just because they didn't outwardly do or say something meant that it wasn't done Somebody can be disagreeing with you by their body language. Someone can be ruling you and go running over you by their silence, by their passive aggression or anything that they're doing in the home. And when you try to address it with them, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Did I say that? Did I do that? No, I'm just sitting here being quiet. And so that also then becomes gaslighting because it's driving you crazy thinking that you have the problem. And then when it turns into you going to counseling, going to try to get help, you have no idea how to describe what they're doing because in your mind, you know, something's off in your heart. You feel what's going on, but you cannot describe it because they're not outwardly saying it. They're not intentionally or outwardly doing it but it's all beneath the surface and how they're behaving and that's I think the worst one right and even worse than that what happens is if you try to to to, to stay around it those people who try to stick in there and stay in there and stay around what happens is they stop trusting themselves and they stop they start muting their own voice yes and they stop saying anything yes and so they're living in the silent level of desperation trying to figure out what's going on with them because something must be wrong with yes. me yes that all of this is going straight to hell so yeah absolutely that's that's powerful that's powerful um Let's uh let's let's give a few more here because we really I really want to jump onto this next mm. piece. Okay. Um they are uh they carry grudges and harp on topics. This is very important. And the reason why we mention this is because there's a difference in telling somebody is like is telling some correcting somebody right. for what they don't do all the time, right? It's not nagging or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, is telling your child to clean up their room every day. It's not like that at all, um, which is not bad. Uh, what they do is they take a particular specific failure that you've had in your past and they hang it over your head consistently so that every time you try to pull their feet to the carpet and hold them accountable for their behavior or something that they're doing to you, they say, how dare you when you did this? Mm -hmm. How dare you treat me like I'm beneath you when you're like this? And they continue to use that failure or past failures as um as leverage 
uh, especially because they've dug so deep into you. They yes. know a lot of your secrets. And if ever you've had an argument with them and that stuff came out in an argument in a way that you never, ever, ever expected it to come back to you. Yes, ma'am. Because one of the things that we do as women, especially, is that when we get into a new relationship and we are made to feel like we can trust that person and be 100 percent safe with them. Yes. We we feel the freedom to just unleash it all. And yes, he's finally going to we finally found somebody who's going to love us for who we are. We finally found somebody who's going to accept us and receive us and all of that because that's what they told us. Right. So they open the door to allow us to share our innermost secrets, to share our past failures, our mistakes, the things that we're ashamed of and not knowing that when the rubber meets the road, when things get hard, when you begin to call them on their BS um, at the end of the day, it's like like you just said, but you but you how could you what about you and it's now hurtful mm. all of the sudden you begin be, uh, living with someone or being in a relationship with someone that you no longer can trust and so for me what I did I stiffened up to the point to where it was like I became stone cold I would not open myself up I would not cry um, because at that point once you showed me that I cannot trust you with me you no longer had access to the deepest parts of me Oh, can I say something about that? Yes. Can I say something about that? Yes. Because Desiree Hall asked, why is it that most of the past victims of the narcissist go hard to get them back? I separated from my husband and that made his second wife happy. And really, you shouldn't even care how happy she is. But to answer that question, to answer that question, go ahead. when you did that, when you put yourself in a position to say, you showed me this. Mm-hmm. And I and I now believe you. The problem is with most people is that they refuse to believe what they're seeing and they still dealing with the, um, the idea of what that person could be. They still attached to it. You have to understand that a narcissist is just not another person. Um, you're, you're talking about a love in- interest. You're talking about an intimate love interest. You're talking about an affectionate love interest at one point in time. That was the buildup at the very beginning of all of their relationships. Mm-hmm. When they have affairs, they have affairs with people in that way. So what happens is these are not regular affairs. What happens is, is that they have to be able to manipulate and own the minds and hearts of the people they interact with. Because what happens is, is that person will always continue to pour and they will always try to show their their prove their loyalty and they'll fight you before they even fight him or talk to him about that so the thing with you is you got to a point where you realize you were hurting so bad that i it must be it, it, it can't be me it must be what i'm seeing right now you did go through a little bit of counseling as well so that helped with that absolutely but i think all of us i mean especially what she was asking like how they go hard to get them back like you said it's it's definitely the idea that we it's very hard to accept that that person is what we're seeing right before our eyes because of what they told our hearts so early on in the picture. Right. Right. The other thing also is let's just what we call it in our book. You're also tied to them. People say you're trauma bonded. People say that you are addicted to them. You have a soul tied to them. And so whoever it is, whether it's you, whether it's the ex or whoever, what kind of, not even what kind of, what happens is that you go hard, not even to get them back. A lot of times you go hard to try to make sense of it. You go hard to stay away from them. You're not trying to go back, but it's also very hard for you to say no to them because like we said in the very beginning, you have been trained. There has been 
a level of training that has gone on in your brain and chemically that keeps you connected to that person and going back over and over again. It's very hard. And as Christians, as a faith based person, we're also reconciling the idea that God can't fix that person with what they're showing us to. Because if we're constantly being told to pray, yeah. If we're constantly being told that if we just uh, name it and claim it, that they are going to do right by us, by us going, sorry, going away and walking away from that for good. We're also in our hearts saying that God didn't do it or God can't do it or God's not going to do it. And so that becomes an issue, too, that we also have to work through. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have molded you or us to toxic environments and it's hard to not want that we a lot of people will rather settle for known hells than unknown heavens yes it's harder i was talking to somebody and i think it was like in in one of the groups or whatever the case may be and i was helping her to understand that um your goal is to get to your peace but it's hard to get the peace because you're so you're so uh habitually connected to the toxicity mm. and the hellish environment and so what happens is is that peace is uncomfortable and for a lot of people peace is uncomfortable and even even though they're by themselves and single like this ex she is still sitting back waiting rocking back and forth still mentally and emotionally connected to winning him does that make sense? Go ahead. Somebody just said, she says, I know it sounds horrible. She's like, I'm sorry. I know it sounds horrible, but I could handle the physical abuse better than the mental abuse. That's the thing is because the mental and emotional and psychological abuse that comes in with this stays with you for so long. Amen, yeah. I will take a black eye. Yes, I will. But after the end, of, when my black eye is healed, my black eye is healed. It's the things that the lies that you told me about who I was or who I wasn't that it's carried in that I still carry today that I have to constantly battle with. So, yes, absolutely. I agree with you. Punch me in the face. But the lies and the mental and psychological uh, hypnosis that you go through takes years to um, get out of. It becomes a healing process. And I, I just really want because I know that there are some people, at least in the back of their mind, they have uh, a, they're having a conversation with themselves about what you mentioned a little bit ago. How come? God didn't do it. Mm. What happened? Why didn't I? Why wasn't my prayer heard? Yes. Um, why could he not change? And the real reason why is because he didn't want to. Um, the yep. whole idea of love, the whole idea of 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 perfect love, means First uh, John four, First John four, four and eight. God is love. Um, means that we have to give other people an opportunity to make their own decisions. Yes. God doesn't make people make decisions. He gives them the information and then he allows them to make decisions for themselves. Now, yes. you can't be no better than God. You can't do any more than God. You've given them the love. You showed them and demonstrated your loyalty. You've given them all that there is to give them and you've given them your patience and endurance to the point where you can't take anymore and you're hugging a pillow and crying at night but waking up in the morning and have to look at other people and acting like everything is okay you can only give so much and then until you realize that they are rejecting you through your behavior but through their behavior there you can only give so much until you realize that you have to be the consequence yes you can only give so much until you realize that your health your emotional health is more important than 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 how they feel about themselves 
themselves. You can only give so much. I'm like, amen. And the reason, so it's not that God didn't do it, is that they rejected God just like they rejected you. <sighs> Period. Point blank. Period. I don't care how good they look in church. I don't care how great their suit is or, or jeans and sports coat. I don't care. I, I really don't mm, care. My God. Because guess what? Well, <laughs> just 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 go back and start reading first and second Samuel. Start looking at that. Start looking at how they were looking for a king and they started looking at people who look like kings. And God oh. says, and God says, stop, says, stop looking at people who look like what you think they should look like, who look like that. I don't judge by that. Uh-huh. And where your judgment should come from, judgment meaning discernment should come from is what's internal rather than external. That's where you, that's where we get it wrong. But the problem is, is because they've spent so much up front. They invested so much into you up front. It's hard to mm. let go of that. And when they, and it made you feel so good that when they let go of that, you need another hit. You need another hit and you think there's something wrong with you when they start doing that. Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes and SoundCloud. Help us spread the word by rating us, leaving a review and sharing and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If this episode has helped you and you're ready to begin your personal journey to freedom, visit us at thesoultiesdetox.com. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer live, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at Ask the Martins. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.